I do, I do want to, um, you know, validate what you said, which is in fact that divorces have been uh, less than they were in the past. We're not at that 50% mark that we used to be. So um, I, I agree with you that to make a bold statement that marriages are not working is not accurate. This week, we rebut a Huffington Post column that's gone viral titled, Five Reasons Marriages Just Don't Work Anymore. Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this podcast, you know we love our wine club, and we're going to shamelessly plug it again. This year, our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, is celebrating their 20th anniversary and are offering special deals and discounts on top of their already existing deals and discounts throughout the year. We love the Hitched Wine Club because it's a monthly reminder to slow down and reconnect. Yes, date night ideas are included with each shipment. We have several different levels of the wine club, from the happy couple and marital bliss to soulmates and happily ever after. Right now, you can join the happy couple wine club level with your first shipment 50% off, bringing the total to under $25. And the shipping is always free. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of hitchmag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. So Karen, for those tuning in for the first time, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She has a new program out. It's a bunch of audio and video tools called Pillars for Partnership, uh, and you can get that on her website, drkarensherman.com. And uh, today we're going to actually do something that we don't typically do, uh, which is we're going to kind of... We're going to rebut a bunch of media out there uh, that's been getting a lot of attention. Uh, This is a piece uh, written by a blogger, uh, Anthony D'Ambrosio, and I saw it on the Huffington Post first, and then I've seen it uh, about a thousand other places. Uh, The the post is called Five Reasons Marriages Just Don't Work Anymore, Um, and the thing about why I want to bring this up and I wouldn't, you know, I see a lot of stuff about marriage that I think is nonsense out there. And I see a lot of great stuff that about marriage. And I typically um, don't like to talk about what other people are doing, but uh, when something like this is so prevalent, when, uh, you know, the Huffington post has traffic that rivals the New York times, it's one of the top 10, probably the top five um, media outlets uh, in the United States. Um, and when something like this gains traction, uh, I, I, you, there are not a lot of marriage outlets out there that can kind of speak to the truth of what's being said. And, and other people pick it up and aggregate it and talk about it and agree with it. And in the state of journalism today, uh, and there is just not a lot of fact-checking that goes into this stuff and a lot not a lot of rebuttal it's it's a lot of the echo chamber of people just patting each other on the back saying yes exactly that's 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 how i feel and i just want to say that a lot of what is said in this post is ill-informed um and uh 
frankly, I just hear a bunch of excuses. And I don't want to bash the author. He is not a journalist. He is actually, an, uh, according to my research and his profile, uh, says that he is a, a manager for Apple. Um, and so this is really something he's, he, you know, he went online and just kind of talked about his experience. And, you know, everybody has a right to their own opinion. However, when you do something like that, you open yourself up to criticism, and I, I believe you have a responsibility to be truthful and accurate in your information, uh, and if you are going to put yourself out there to talk about relationship issues um, and not cite anything, I feel like you have opened yourself up to at least a little bit of this, uh, which I'm about to deliver, uh, as well as Karen is going to talk about this as well, um, and one last thing is I mentioned that the piece of the, the, the story, the post is called five reasons marriages just don't work anymore. And I, we will get through, we will talk about each one of those five specific reasons. Uh, but this isn't five reasons marriages might not work or five reasons marriages struggle. And I realize there's a lot of hyperbole that goes on out there. Um, but I also feel like when you're, when you're, putting out a post like this, uh, you do have a responsibility. Um, and he doesn't mince words. The very lead sentence, the opening statement he makes is, marriages today just don't work. That is factually not true. Uh, Karen and I have discussed this in past podcasts, that the divorce rate in the United States has actually been falling uh, since the late 1970s. That's when it peaked, and it has been going down pretty much ever since. And we can talk about why and how and 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 discuss you know people marrying later and all these other things. But to say that marriages don't work anymore uh, is not true. And then he goes on to talk about uh, how his parents and his grandparents had it really swell, uh, and but now people, even the ones that do work, are staying in these like terrible relationships and they're unhappy. And again, it's it was his parents and grandparents who were divorcing the most. And you can probably go back to the great-grandparents when women didn't have the right to speak out. Um, and, you know, those were probably the people that were stuck in uh, unhappy marriages more often than not today because people now have a choice. They have financial security and this and that. So um, I want to get into this, Karen, uh, not just continue to stand on my soapbox here and rant. <laughs> uh, I but hear that you're very impassioned about this. It, you know, it, I'll be frank, it pisses me off that uh, something like this, I mean, as of this recording, this is, um, we're recording this in the middle of April, uh, has over 27,000 likes on Facebook. Mm. on just this one Huffington Post. And I know it's been distributed elsewhere, which means the reach is probably in the millions, to be honest. Mm. Um, and it just makes me uh, angry that this kind of like false information can get so much traction with, and I haven't seen a single person, uh, a single marriage pro or anybody come out and talk about the falsehoods that are in this. And I, I feel like, you know, me and my sports analogies, uh, when when you get married, uh, it's like you put on a jersey, and you there are some jerseys in sports that are associated with championship legacy, and there are some that are associated with like loser legacy, like they've never won a championship. And I feel like when somebody comes out and says uh, marriage just doesn't work today, 
it just doesn't work anymore. I feel like that jersey of marriage has been uh, now has that connotation of failure. Mm-hmm. When I feel like what we really need to be doing is talking about uh, it's a championship legacy. No, marriage can work if you just strip away the excuses. And you know, if you're not doing well in your marriage, there might be other things. And I and I don't want to say that there aren't real, true issues that can put a a serious strain on marriage. But if you're not performing in sports, it's hard to blame the Jersey. Right. You know, if you miss the basket, if you didn't communicate with your other teammates, you can't blame your Jersey for that. You can't blame the institution of marriage for that. You have to look at yourself and see like, what didn't you do? What didn't your partner do? What weren't the conversations you were having? That sort of thing. What, where was the practice time? And, and if you want to win that championship, you got to put in the time and the effort and you got to put the focus on it. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about number one. So his number one. First, first, wait, wait. Yeah. first I do. I do want to, um, you know, validate what you said, which is, in fact, that divorces have been uh, less than they were in the past. We're not at that 50 percent mark that we used to be. So. Um, I, I agree with you that to make a bold statement that marriages are not working is not accurate. And I think, and perhaps, you know, I, I, I've done some writing, as you know, and the only thing I want to say is that, and I have no idea what went on with HuffPost, but what I'm hoping is that when they looked at his title, they felt, well, we really have to, you know, get this article to sell. So you've got to make it much more provocative and say why marriages don't work as opposed to why marriages might have some problems, you know? Yeah, no, and, uh, and, I, and I totally understand that. And um, I, again, it gets back to his very first sentence, though, backs up the headline. So it's not right. like they changed the headline for, uh, for clickbait. And, right. you know, and I will also be for – because uh, as many of you know, I, I've freelanced all over the place, and I have – written on many occasions for the Huffington Post myself talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm familiar with how this all works. And again, if you are going to write something and you're going to put it on such a such a publication that is going to draw this kind of attention, I feel like you have a responsibility. And the fact that nobody holds – like the the institution – like this is my career. Journalism is my career. And I hold it as a sacred institution. And when people, uh, you know, and again, this is not a piece of strict journalism. This is an opinion column, right? So mm-hmm. I, I get that. Uh, but I, I still think that there needs to be some accountability for what is said and written. Because uh, I've also seen uh, video interviews with the author as well. So um it it like this has continued to be perpetuated not challenged and right. i want to be that voice of challenge to some of the things that he says right okay. and and get into the five points and as you said these are things that could cause strain in a marriage but it's not the reason why marriage That's fails the, That's the, re- the reason marriage failed basically is because the people who are in the marriage aren't making the choices that can make their marriage stronger exactly exactly so uh, I think that was the longest introduction <laughs> I've <laughs> ever given before asking you a question. Uh, and so I want to thank you for your patience. And so first, uh, his first point about why marriages don't work anymore is that sex becomes almost non-existent. Would you care to discuss? Well, I, that I point? do believe that, um, sex does, um, 
dwindle for a lot of couples. Um, we could extend that and say spending time with each other dwindles. But again, you know, that is a choice that you make. Um, if you're going to let everything else take a priority, then the message you're sending to your mate is you're not important. Our relationship is not important. So whether it be spending time, whether it be showing affection, whether it be asking questions and actually listening to the answers, whether it be sex, you know, it is a decision that you make about um, prioritizing your relationship. Um, and I've included that entire gamut because to me, they're almost like on a continuum. Um, you know, I think I've been working with couples for 30 years, you know, and, and we talk, there are many men who quote stray and what they look for, I, I'm sure this is not a new phrase to you, Steve, is the girlfriend experience. Yep. They're not looking necessarily for sex. What they're looking for is the sense of companionship. You know, the sense that I'm being asked, um, you know, about my day and, and truly spending time with me and showing affection and showing interest. So is sex, the, the lack of sex, the cause for the failure of marriage? No. I think it's a much larger picture of not feeling like there's involvement with each other and care about each other. Yeah. And we, uh, again, this is definitely an issue that uh, can cause strain on a relationship. Yes. Um, and, and I, you know, I feel like I was ranting so much in the beginning that I do want to reiterate, like, this is the author's point of view. Um, and this might have been his experience. Um, I just take offense to blaming marriage because right. this could be an issue if you were not married and living together mm -hmm. and having busy lives right. and not seeing, seeing each other or having a kid, child out of wedlock and no longer having time alone to engage but again as you pointed out this is a choice uh, we have columns talking about how couples schedule sex mm -hmm. because just like anything else and you've actually talked about this on previous podcasts about when you were dating what was a date anything exactly. other than scheduling intimacy time right that's right right and so uh to 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 suggest that that is a failure of marriage is really just a fail failure of the couple not prioritizing it. Mm -hmm. exactly. uh, his number two point for why marriage doesn't work is that the finance finances just in general uh, cripple us. Um, well, again, um, you know, that is a choice. Um, people decide they have to keep up with the Joneses or they want to do this, that, and everything else. And so then they have to both go back to work or they have to work at very high pressure jobs. And then it ends up that they may not have enough time for each other. Um, it depends on the choices that you're making in life, what's important to you. So yes, finances can become an issue, but it depends on, you know, what's important to you in your life. Now, um, nobody's saying deny your children a good education, uh, but and nobody's saying deny your children to get involved in activities, but there's also picking and choosing. Um, you don't have to be involved in everything. You don't have to live in a neighborhood that is, you know, unbelievably expensive where you are forced that both of you are working in and out till you know all hours and so you don't have time for the children and the little time you have you give to the children so you don't give to each other 
You know, it's it's ironic a bit because in his piece, and again, he's kind of comparing this to previous generations, and we actually recently talked about this, how people like to romanticize history. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we like to look back and think, oh, it was so much better then when, mm-hmm. in fact, we know the data shows that it actually wasn't right. in a lot of cases. And that's not to say that there weren't some things better. Um, for example, one of the things that he highlights about this point about finances crippling us is that an education didn't cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. back, you know, a couple decades ago, which is a true point. Uh, counter to that, however, is that we know that if you actually spent that money on education, the likelihood of a successful marriage actually increases. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go down. So his point about being. Uh, hammered by high education costs. Not that I don't think that's an issue. I think education is uh, a terrible burden on families. The cost of education is a terrible burden on families. Um, but <laughs> but it but it turns out that actually spending that money uh, seems to be good for marriage, not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I mean I threw in education because I didn't want people to be listening to us and saying. Well, should I deprive my child of an education? I mean, I've got to make enough money, you know, for education. I'm just saying that what it boils down to, again, is the choices that you make as far as, you know, where you're spending and therefore how much you have to work. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, we can get to uh, into like a very big philosophical conversation about what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of happiness? Mm-hmm. How, what do you do to achieve that happiness? And I know I've I've had this conversation with other people about uh, where I live and how I live and trips I take and all sorts of different things. Um, and these are deliberate conscious choices that I make, um, which other people wouldn't agree with. And I understand that. Uh, but it also comes down to, uh, I don't, you know, I do, I prioritize what's important in my life. Mm-hmm. And if, marriage was important to you, you, as you say, you would carve out a little piece to where um, those finances wouldn't harm your relationship in that manner. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so one of the, his third point that he makes is that we are uh, more connected than ever before, uh, but we're also completely disconnected at the same time, which again, absolutely true in some regard. Um, and one of the, you know, I guess one of the things that he talks about specifically is how uh, when they were dating or pre-internet, you know, explosion, social media explosion, he had to call or see his ex um, if he wanted to find out how her day was. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, uh you can glean that information from social media and text messages and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I guess my immediate response to, th- to this type of a point is, well, if you were doing all that, uh, getting that information through text messaging and fa- Facebook, um, but you feel that you weren't connecting still, why the hell weren't you trying to connect? Yes. Like why? Yes. Why? Like, if you felt that way, like again, I feel like you're just you're blaming social media now for not being able to quote unquote connect with your spouse. Right. Um, you have a choice as to if that's the way you choose to connect. I have a couple that are constantly texting with each other, and I'm constantly saying to them, 
have you tried talking to each other? I mean, there's just no way to really have a conversation with each other through text. You're missing subtleties. You're missing, this. it's open to so much um, misunderstanding and miscommunication. You're not seeing each other's faces. Um, and so I think that, you know, to blame it on that, I mean, is it available and does it make it more difficult because everybody's doing it? Yes. But you don't have to choose to do that. And it doesn't mean that it has to, to uh, supplement uh, or supplant, I should say, real true communication. I, I, I love – my wife and I text all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're right. There are a lot of subtleties that are missed and sometimes I'll text something and I will be a little concerned that she might not get – you know, the tone of it, which is what I feel like emojis are for. So mm-hmm. I will toss in a goofy emoji to kind of show like a lightheartedness. Right. If I fear that it's going to be misinterpreted kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you feel like you, the communication is being supplanted by social media or texting or any number of virtual communications, um, yeah, I think you have a responsibility to your relationship to have that face-to-face conversation. And to your point, um, we know so much communication takes place in mannerisms and body language and facial expressions. And to deny that and to expect you to have pure, good, 100% understanding is, I think it's just totally naive. You know, first of all, you can't even have pure, good, 100% communication when you're speaking with each other. Enough of it gets messed up. <laughs> so to do it without face-to-face is going to be just making it that much more difficult. Yeah. Um, now, this one's interesting, uh, and this goes into, I think, the vanity of social media, and he kind of talks about this a little bit. But he number, his point, his fourth point is that our desire for attention outweighs our desire to be loved. And yes, and what he's saying there is that we're spending so much time trying to get accolades from everybody else that we forget about our partner. And what I would suggest is he's got that one backwards, that if we put enough effort into our relationship and felt like we were getting love from our partner and giving love to our partner, we wouldn't need to turn to social media to get accolades from everybody else. Um, I'm working with another client now who... um, goes to porn addiction. And I looked very carefully to see if there was some kind of background that caused the void. And pretty much we've eliminated. He only really turns to porn when he's feeling like he and his wife are just not connecting. So I think that, you know, again, the author is correct in saying that we do turn to social media for everybody to go like, 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 like. But we wouldn't have that need if we were feeling more satisfied with our partner. And how would we feel more satisfied with our partner if we put more effort in there? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And then his fifth and final point that he makes is that social media has invited a few thousand people uh, into your marriage. If you let them in. What What are you bringing that into your bedroom for? When you're in your bedroom, you should be with your partner. When you're eating dinner, why are you bringing your, you know, iPhone to dinner and checking things out? When you're at dinner, you should be having dinner with your mate. You're bringing that in. They're not coming in uninvited. 
It, and I, I'm so glad you pointed that out because one of the final statements he makes is that marriage is state is sacred, and he kind of goes on to talk about you know how he believes in in building this beautiful life with someone and and you know all this and that. Uh, talk is cheap. I I honestly like I I can't. I can't handle it, Karen. I, I, it drives me crazy. And this is like that competitive side to me mm-hmm. that when people talk about doing all this stuff, it means nothing to me. Uh, I need to see action. Like, mm-hmm. I, it, like I'm at a loss for words and I, I, I it, it just well, drives me, it just drives me crazy because you, if, if this is how you truly felt, do something about it. Right. I don't want to hear the lip, lip service. Like that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like I'm sure your spouse would have much rather have preferred, or maybe it's your spouse who is doing this. And if that was the case, then you know what? Then you tell them like, I really don't appreciate it when you post these things on social media, letting these people into our marriage. Right. Like where, like, did you have that conversation? Did you go to therapy? Like yeah. I have, you know, like there's a lot of questions that I have, but it doesn't seem like any of this was addressed. It just seems like, Oh, well, social media is to blame for, you know, this infiltration into our bedroom. Uh, when it, to your point, they let it in. Yes. Nobody, nobody hacked their computers and turned on the webcams. Right. right. You know, and it's interesting also because, and, and I'm going to be stereotypical about this, but I'm not going to say it's totally men. So often when I've worked with couples and the men are unhappy, and I say, you know, did you let your wife know? He says, I did. I let her know I was unhappy. And she looks like I had no idea. Because it's very hard when you're upset to speak directly. So a guy might say to a girl, like, okay, let's go out for a drive. Or let's go do something, which is his way of saying, I want more involvement with you. But he never directly says to her, I'm feeling neglected. I just answered a query today where um, it was about, you know, Um, What are the signs that a guy is feeling neglected? So, you know, to your point, couples don't talk to each other when they're upset to say, "This this is what I'm feeling and I'd like to do something about it. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes on other than speaking directly to your partner. And, you know, I agree with you that though I do think that the points that he he mentioned Um, do have some validity to them. I think that there are other points that are far more important that we have to pay attention to that will help a marriage grow and blossom. And that if we actively paid attention to those things, marriages would be much stronger. But again, as we started this podcast, marriages are uh, doing much better than they used to be. And if he talks historically, uh, what we also have to say is that there are a lot of people historically who were not happy, but divorce was not an option for them. So you can't just look at the numbers. You know, I mean, it's just too easy um, a statement to make. And I think it misses some of the tone, you know, the the texture of what was really going on. Yeah. I mean, if we want to get into it, we can talk about how. Uh, the women were the property of men and it came with a dowry, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there weren't a lot of, I mean, I'm sure there were some happy women, but I'm sure there were many unhappy women right. m- making for an unhappy marriage. Right. right. So uh, yeah. Um, and I, you know, and again, I, I know I've been super critical um, 
but I, to your point, like these all, all five things can be causes of strain to a marriage, but I don't think a single one of them is the reason that marriage itself is a failing, failing institution. I agree. Well, so now that we've had our voices heard, maybe the media will invite you or me or both of us to come on and rebuttal the, uh, the points. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, we're open. We're open to, uh, we're open to interviews. Uh, and if you, if you have read this, uh, piece, um, or if you have a thought or opinion on it, we would love to hear what you have to say about it as well. Um, if you do think there are struggles that you have that are causing strains that, you know, I, I think one of the things that he, the, the author here was trying to get at too was that we have issues such as social media that previous generations did not have, um, which I totally understand. So if you have other things that you would like to discuss, uh, we would love to hear it. We would love to get into that as well. And I promise I'll be much easier. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so thank you so much for your time, Karen. I really appreciate it. This was, uh, like I said, this was a little bit different for us to actually discuss another media, a piece of media out there. Uh, but I think it, um, I think it was important. So I, I appreciate you indulging me in tackling this topic. Not a problem at all. I think it was important that people not read that article and go, oh my God. So yes. if we shed a little light on a different perspective, then I think we served. We served. Yeah, just a little blanket over the flames of hysteria. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, the original, the amazing, uh, <laughs> who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. Are, are you up past 30 now? I heard you mention 30. Of, during the oh, I'm God. Yep, Steve, I am. <laughs> the, uh, for more than three decades, people, she knows what she's talking about. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. She has a new program out. It is a uh, series of audio and visual video tools called Pillars for Partnership that Karen produced. Uh, so check that out. You can find that at her website, drkarensherman.com. Um, you can find all this information on our website, hitchmag.com. You can follow us on the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, you name it. Uh, if you uh, want some regular information, be sure that you're subscribed to this podcast so that uh, every week when we come out with a new one, it's delivered directly to your audio device of preference uh, you can subscribe on stitcher or itunes if you're not doing so already uh, and also we have a weekly newsletter that goes out um, that also promotes the podcast as well as all the other articles that have gone up on the website for that week highlighting the best of them uh, so sign up for that it's free as well if you uh, want to get ongoing uh, marriage positive information so that uh, you don't have excuses. You have tools that you can refer to, which is what we are here to provide. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Take care, everybody. We're on top of